630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Good to have you tuning in tonight. The Panthers lead the Wild 5-2 early in the third period. Wild 7-up on the Oilers for the wild card spot. Capitals leading the Devils 2-0 in the third. Late second period, Jets up 4-0 on Carolina. Montreal at Anaheim later. Oil Kings just getting underway tonight as they take on the Calgary Hitmen. The Oilers farm team, the Bakersfield Condors, will be going up against the Flames farm team. Stockton tonight. Toronto Raptors. At halftime, leading New Orleans 64-61. The U of A Golden Bears lose in quarterfinals at Nationals in Halifax to number one Carlton 160. The final score in that game. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 face-off show. The game will start at 5. Edmonton beaten 6-2 last Wednesday in Toronto. Hitch knows that one wasn't pretty. Well, the first period was the best period we've played of all these games. That's as well as we've played, and especially on the road. We managed the game properly. We did everything we wanted to do. And then in the second period, we fed their transition game. We turned it over three times in the neutral zone. We over-pursued in the neutral zone, and uh, they made us pay dearly for it. And that's lesson learned. Uh, we know how we have to play to beat them. We saw that in the first period. Um, but we've got we've got to play more than 20 minutes the right way to beat that team. And even as well as Vancouver played against them, Toronto still had seven odd man rushes in the second period alone. And we've got to avoid that. That's the one element. If we're going to get beat, we're, we'll get beat in zone. But to give it up where you're giving odd man rushes and you have the puck, that's something we've got to try to avoid at all costs. And that's quite frankly the lesson we learned. And that's why I think we're better now than we've ever been because we learned that lesson in Toronto, what happens against good teams when you don't manage the puck very well. Oilers trying to win five in a row for the first time all season long. Get more on their preparation by going to 630ched.com. For more on the Leafs, their play-by-play man, the one and only Joe Bowen. Joe, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? We're doing good, Reid. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing very good. You're rolling into Edmonton. I hope you have your snow boots. Uh, we've had them for most of the winter, yeah. We've, uh, we've managed to drag this kind of weather with us wherever we went. They had record cold temperatures in Florida when we were there. It snowed in Vegas, and it was chilly in Arizona. So uh, this is nothing new. Oh, you were there for the uh, for the rare snowfall in Vegas. That is incredible timing. Well, you know Brian Ble- Ble- uh, Brian Blessing does their hockey show there, and he said he had to get his broom out of the garage. And I said, oh, poor you, Brian. <laughs> That's right. Dust it off. <laughs> well, the uh, Leafs here coming through the West, obviously against Vancouver the other night, uh, and then the Canucks came into Edmonton last night, another another close game. Uh, tell us a little bit about that one against the the Canucks. One, the Leafs maybe thought the, they let slip away, or how are they looking at that? Well, you know, it was a good hockey game, and obviously the, uh, um, uh, the atmosphere in the building was great. Uh, Vancouver, I thought, played one of their better hockey games. Uh, and but you know it's the first time in thirty some odd uh, attempts that the Leafs have not protected 
a lead into the third period. And uh, it's the first time this year that they've given up a point while leading in the uh, going into the third. So I guess it was a matter of time. It has to happen sooner or later. But um, I think the Leafs were disappointed in it. It was certainly a game that they could have had both points, but instead end up with one. And they'll see if they can't make it five out of six points on this uh, Western Canada road trip on Saturday. Well, and of course, the Leafs and the Oilers just saw each other last week. And I'm wondering your perspective of the game and, and what the, the Leafs were saying about it, because the Oilers felt, actually, and Hitchcock said it again today, thought they had a great first period. And then one thing that's plagued the Oilers this season, not as much lately, but a lot throughout the season, is giving up goals against in bunches. And the Leafs got five of them in uh, in just over 10 minutes. Uh, but again, the Oilers thought they, they did what they wanted to do, do in the opening 20. What was your perspective of that one last week, Joe? Well, it's, it's been a situation that the Leafs have had, and Coach Mike Babcock has wanted to tell the team that they've got to start on time, and uh, many nights they have not. And uh, first periods have been a problem, and Frederick Anderson has had to be the, the mainstay and the, the hero of the first 20 minutes. But the Leafs then are able to score in bunches as well, and that seems to be what the modus operandi has been. Um, they had a pretty good first period in Calgary when they jumped out to a 3 nothing lead and then controlled the game, and they had a pretty good first period against Vancouver, although it was the second one they were able to get their lead. But they have, uh, they've got great talent. They've got great depth uh, from all four lines that can score, and they are scoring. So um, that's the strength that this hockey club has. But uh, the coaching staff, I'm sure, is frustrated that they don't start on time a lot of times, and that was certainly the case against Edmonton. Well, you mentioned the depth on the team, and the Leafs have so many guys that can hurt you. Obviously, Matthews, uh, Tavares is having a great season. I, I want to get your perspective on this, though. Uh, Craig Simpson comes on one of our hockey shows every week, uh, Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, and he does a lot of Leafs games, as I'm sure you see him. And he's, he said, you know, Marner is the, the guy that, that, that really drives it there. A lot of guys with, with great point totals this season. D- do you see Marner as the guy stirring it, or is it more of a, a, a bike? committee type of thing how do you look at that well i mean on the power play he is the trigger man and he's the setup guy and so you really do see uh his creativity but even five on five he is a, a, a marvelous player with tremendous vision uh tremendous skating ability uh great speed uh wonderful hands and uh, john tavares and company have certainly learned that if I'm around the net, I'd better have my stick on the ice because this thing's coming through a pair of legs and it's going to be right on the tape. So uh, Mitch Varner is a wonderful player and is going to be rewarded, I know, by the Maple Leafs and hopefully in Toronto for a long time. But have to, once you get past Varner, it's, I mean, the depth of scoring goes right down to the fourth line. So uh, as much as Varner has been uh, a key contributor, it's not like it's just him and everybody else is kind of along for the ride. So I think that they, uh, they're they very fortunate to have Mitch Marner, but they're very fortunate, too, to have the depth of scoring right through the, the entire lineup. Maple Leafs play-by-play voice Joe Bowen joining us tonight at Inside Sports. Leafs and Oilers tomorrow, 5 o'clock face-off at Rogers Place. We'll have the face-off show at 3.30 here on 6.30, Chet. I got to ask you about that game at the Islanders last week because so much was made of the fan reaction to Tavares and the signs and the videos and 
and the hurt feelings. I, I mean, you've been broadcasting a, a long time, and you've seen players go back into cities that they left or were traded from or whatever. Was like, was that another level? I'm just wondering what it was like being in that atmosphere. Uh, I found it embarrassing, to be absolutely honest with you. I mean, the Leafs had a very similar situation with Matt Sundin. He didn't uh, want to leave. Uh, they didn't get anything for him. Uh, he retired or you know, and then came back to play in Vancouver. And his first game back was uh, wel- welcomed with open arms. And I think John Tavares certainly uh, deserved that. Uh, he was the face of that franchise through some very difficult years. Uh, and did everything both on and off the ice extraordinarily professionally and yet was treated like that. And I found it rather unconscionable that a bunch of New Yorkers who live in New York, who were probably three-quarters of them New York Yankee fans as well, would be upset about a team signing a free agent because the Yankees do it to everybody. And yet, um, you know, this was uh, was a game that was circled. It was a game that uh, everybody wanted to come to and uh, and it became really um, um, you know a farce to it uh, that i thought as far as uh, the treatment of john but um you know he handled it well um they did do a video tribute he saluted those that did applaud him while he was there uh it'll be interesting to see what happens we have to go back to long island later in uh, the season in the second last uh, road game so uh, i think it'll be interesting to see how it uh, transpires then and it was also interesting to put a, a, a game or so later the islander fans booed their team off the ice too so it's a uh, it's something that is somewhat indigenous to the uh, fandom of new york not just in uh, the hockey department but in other sports as well yeah well, that's a good way to put it with the yankees too that's that's a pretty cool perspective to have about it okay so last one i mean toronto are they just the 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 victims of geography here with this division i mean boston hasn't lost in regulation in over a month tampa bay's already got 51 wins they got a chance to win 60 games you know it's going to be tough but they got a chance and uh the leafs are going to have to go through those those teams like is that just the the biggest the biggest pitfall for toronto is the division they're stuck in well, if you're going to win the whole thing, and that's what everybody's trying to do, you've got to beat the best sooner or later, so you might as well tackle it right off the hop, I suppose. The Leafs have played very well against Tampa. They uh, outshot them badly and lost as Veselovsky was uh, outstanding, then went in there and won the game. They have two more games with Tampa that will be played in Toronto, so we'll get a little bit of barometer on that as well. And if you're, you know, they've had uh, obviously uh, well-publicized efforts against the Boston Bruins and meltdowns in Game Sevens. So if you're going to do anything in the postseason, you got to slay the dragon. And uh, it looks like the the dragon will be the very first uh, uh, on the the list of things to do once the postseason starts. But I mean, everybody's talking about should the uh, the uh, uh, postseason be changed as far as the format is concerned. Uh, you know what, whether it is or it isn't, you might run into a different situation, but I'm sure it'll be just as difficult because any team that gets in has a chance. And uh, I think all we had to do is look at Washington that uh, no one thought was going to do anything last year. Their coach was going to be ushered out the door at the end of the season, and all they did was win the whole thing. So uh, get in and uh, worry about the consequences from that point on. But uh, it will be a difficult road to hoe no matter who the Leafs end up playing. Joe, it's going to be fun tomorrow night. There's going to be the chanting going back and forth between the fans. Hopefully it's a good game, man. Thanks for checking in on Inside Sports tonight. No problem. Enjoyed it. 
That is the always entertaining Joe Bowen from the Toronto Maple Leafs play-by-play chair, Oilers and Leafs tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, hey, don't forget about Northern Chicken. They have their brunch, buttermilk biscuits, sausage gravy, and smashed potatoes, Sundays from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. You can visit northchickenyeg.com, and some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Gabriel Landeskog for the Colorado Avalanche out four to six weeks, so uh, basically likely to miss the rest of the regular season for the Avs. He has 33 goals, 69 points. Blow for them as they try to chase down a playoff spot as well, like the Oilers. They are right now out. They are a little bit closer than Edmonton. Colorado sitting with 70 points, four back of Minnesota's 74. The Wild losing 5-2 to the Panthers halfway through the third. We're back after this break. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Well, very good of you to tune in this evening, all 14 of you. Really appreciate your listenership. My name is Reed Wilkins, Kellen Kennedy working on the other side of the window this evening. Kellen, is it a week today uh, the big wrestling is here? Yep. Uh, good old wrestling. It's at Rogers Place. Rogers Place. They don't just have it like in a barn or something? No. Uh, an old hangar? No, they're at the Oilers barn, Rogers Place. <laughs> and, and you are going or you're not going? No, I'll be here with you on Friday. Why aren't you going? How do you miss this opportunity? Because I'm going to go see them at the end of the month in New York anyway. So. What's in New York? WrestleMania. You're going to WrestleMania? I am. Where is it? Yankee Stadium? No, MetLife. It's at the football stadium? At the football stadium, yeah. Over in Jersey. They're not going to sell that out, are they? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. Like it, it's 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 tough. I mean, they've sold a lot of tickets. I'm not sure if it'll be a right sellout or or what it'll look like. Didn't but. you just go to the uh, what do you yeah. call it? The silly scramble a couple weeks ago. <laughs> the, the Royal Rumble. The Royal yes. Rumble. Didn't you go yeah. to that? Yeah, and that was last week of January. So. You, so you just went to that. Yeah, and yep. a few years ago you went to what? Uh, it was WrestleMania in Orlando. So, and what else have you been to? Uh, WrestleMania in New Orleans, the first time it was there. So you've been to th- uh, two WrestleManias and one Royal Rumble. That's correct, yeah. And you're going to two WWE major events in the same calendar year. That's right. That is amazing. Yeah. All I've right. always wanted to try it. So, so. What are the, what, the, don't, don't tell me here. What are the big ones on the calendar? They have the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. They have WrestleMania. Yep. Uh, they have SummerSlam. Yep. And they have, is there one more? There is in November. Uh, Survivor Series? That's it. Wow. Yeah, I remembered. I remember what sixteen-year-old Reed was following. <laughs> but WrestleMania is the the big one. That's the big one. Yeah. So, what's the headline attraction at WrestleMania? Uh, right now, it's Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw it's Women's a, It's title. a threesome. It's a uh, triple threat match. Triple yes. threat match. Triple threat. Okay. Yeah. And, and when are you going to this? Uh, first week of April. So I fly out April third. Oh, so it's April seventh, eighth. Yeah, that'll be on that Sunday, the first Sunday. Of April sixth. Yeah. No, April seventh. I think is the seventh, first Sunday of yeah. April at MetLife Stadium. Yep. Wow, who are you? Can I ask who you're going with? Um, me, myself, and I. Oh, cool. Yep. It's like my Rumble trip. My my Rumble trip was a solo trip too. So. 
and you just mingle with other wrestlers. I, I find yeah. this fascinating. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we're, we're having some fun, and I bug you about it, but I, I do find this fascinating that you're that dedicated to it. Yep, just mingle with everybody. There's going to be everybody. So, do you have a goal for how many WrestleManias you would like to attend? What's that? Sorry. Do you have a goal for how many WrestleManias you'd like to attend? Uh, Would you like to go every year? <laughs> nah, not really. I mean, I just wanted to go check this one out because it's New York, and that's where they had the first one way back in 85 and everything. And It's the 35th anniversary, so. Now, how, there's been, what, one WrestleMania in Canada? Uh, two. But there was one at Skydome. And another one at Skydome. Oh, okay. 1990 and Because that's when I was following yeah. it, when Hulk Hogan fought the Ultimate Warrior. Right. And the Ultimate Warrior won, by the way. Yep. I remember and, that. And the second one in 2002 was Rock versus Hulk Hogan. Well, who can forget that? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can text 630-630. Uh, this texter says, uh, guys, the Oilers have won four games. They will lose the next seven. Let's start talking about how they can rebuild. Uh, there's plenty of time to talk about that in the offseason. Why don't you just enjoy the fact they've won four in a row? Boy, like, there's some people, like, is this texture depressed that it's Friday and, and, you know, like, maybe he gets a weekend off? Uh, Share Bear says, Reed, what song have you picked for singing a Def Leppard song when the Oilers make the playoffs? I'm leaning towards Pour Some Sugar, but maybe Photograph. Though, Share Bear, if you want, I can dip deeper into the catalog. Uh, Steven says, Reed, just curious if you would bring back Eberly. Uh, I would, not for $6 million, though. And uh, I don't know if it's Guy or Gee from Bonneville says, just to let you know, I am listening to you from Maui. Well, that's incredible. No snow there. And go golfing after the show. Take advantage of it. International Women's Day, Shirley Cameron. Man, she was one of the people who got the Edmonton Chimos going. Very important to women's hockey in Alberta. She's going into the Alberta Hockey Hall. And Malik Pottinger from Jasper Place High is this week's 630 Chet MVP. He's coming up as well. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Here's some Vincent Fernier on a Friday night. Thank you, Kellen. Yakushev texting in. He says, I feel sorry for Kellen going on his trip by himself. Can he give Sigourney Weaver a call and meet her in New York? She must enjoy a good fight. She kicked the crap out of that alien. Ha. I've already sent many messages. No response yet. <laughs> uh, that's one of my all-time favorite moments. That you thought Sigourney Weaver was... Like what? Forty years old in the history of the show, or in ev- anything? In my life, in man. Your life? Okay. That's what. That's that's a story I often tell people. Well, I'm glad I made your book. Then, well, I thought it was great. <laughs> I thought it was great. I mean, I have no. You can have a celebrity crush on whoever you want. Oh, absolutely. And you you were comfortable having a celebrity crush on an older woman. You just didn't realize the the age gap was quite as pronounced. It's 2019. It's all good. No, I again. If you met her and fell in love, I'd be happy. I just... Anyway, we won't discuss this right now. Uh, This person says, I didn't know there was another person on the planet besides me who missed emergency. Also very sad about Jan Michael Vincent loved Airwolf. Yeah. I used to be upset. This is more something my mother has told me than something I remember. But when I was a little kid... And if there was a thunderstorm, you couldn't watch TV. I don't know why. Was it dangerous? Was the TV explode? I don't know. 
Yeah. Anybody else have that rule? Is that still a rule? Uh, there's a thunderstorm, don't watch TV. And so if there's a storm and emergency was on, I would become quite perturbed as a young Wilkie. Yeah, we had that rule out of my grandmother's place out of the acreage. I think it's a rural thing. DJR says, uh, Howdy, Reed. I've been a Leafs fan since 1962. When I was nine, I saw the 460s Cups just like Halsey. Having two days rest plus Kadri back may give the Buds an edge. However, being that the Oilers and Flames are tied for my second favorite teams, I can live with a loss. Uh, I'm now living in Edmonton as a native Ontarian. Love listening to you and Monsieur Gross interact. LOL. All right. Appreciate that. Rascal says, Reed, it has to be hysteria if the Oilers make the playoffs. This is, we have a texter who goes by the name Share Bear, who, uh, I don't even remember doing this, but I'll, I'll take her word for it, that I guess I, if the Oilers made the playoffs, I said I would sing a Def Leppard song on air. Okay. I don't remember it either, but... Well, we do a lot of things. Do we even remember the last half hour of the show? Nope, but uh, <laughs> you can you catch go. it in podcast form <laughs> on the iTunes page. That's true. Uh, Linden says, if the Oilers take care of business against the teams below the playoff cut line, that means they would get 16 points. Another two points against Dallas in the wild card is a must. They then have another six games against teams in position where they would need to take a few points and they would have a shot at the playoffs. And they have to, and they have beat all of those teams once this year, except for Toronto. Let's see what the boys are made of. Go Oilers! That is from Linden. Hey, you know what? I love getting texts like that. And when I give the odds and say it's a long shot, I, I think I'm just stating a fact. But there, there's a, at least a mathematical possibility that the Oilers can do it. They just cannot lose a lot of games. I mean, basically, three, maybe four regulation losses in the last 15 games is the most they could survive. Thank you very much for uh, texting. Oh, here's why a couple of people texting in. Because there used to be antennas, which could uh, which could act as a lightning rod. Oh, so okay, that makes that, sense. That makes sense. No, we don't have antennas anymore. Or I guess there must, there must be some people who still... Can you still use an antenna? I don't know if you can anymore. I think you like, can. Like, what if you live by Nojack? Yeah. You know? What if you're out there by Grand Cash? Well, what about all those people with RVs? What did they do? Because they used to have little pop-up antennas up on top. Yeah, good point. Yeah. We'll have to find that out. So there's something else we said we're going to do, and we'll forget about it by the end of the show. In all seriousness, I'm pleased to have this next guest on the show. She's another inductee for the 2019 Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame very, very important figure with women's hockey in Edmonton and Alberta. Please welcome to Inside Sports, Shirley Cameron. Shirley, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations on your induction into the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. How does that sound? It sounds unreal, actually. I, nothing I ever dreamed of ever happening. So, yeah, it's it's pretty special. Well, it, it is pretty cool. And also today is International Women's Day, so this is a, an excellent time to be talking to you as well. And uh, I know a lot of people will, your, will know your name, but the way they uh, summed you up yesterday in just a few words was that you're, uh, you know, a builder for for women's hockey for female hockey and I, I think how i want to start here surely is i think we now have a generation of hockey fans that there's a men's game and there's a women's game and men are in the olympics and and women are in the olympics and it's it's been that way kind of for a generation now but obviously there was a, a time 
and I'll let you put it in your own words, but there, there was obviously a time when women's hockey was just not, didn't exist just the way that, that it does now. Can you take me back to that time? Well, yeah, I, I guess for me, I, I, you know, I grew up in the 50s in northern Alberta on a farm. So, of course, there was no such thing in my mind as women's hockey. I just, I had a passion for the game and and that's all I knew. I never thought about, other than playing pond hockey, I never thought about playing the game until I moved to Edmonton and... It was basically just the radio ad that came on and said any women, girls, whoever wanting to play hockey. And, you know, of course I was excited because I never thought that was a possibility. And that's in the early 70s, and that's when it started. And, you know, there was probably a good 10, 15 years of struggling to get the game going and struggling to be recognized and going through all kinds of things. But, uh, you know, we never thought of it as a struggle. We loved the game. We just wanted to play. So where where did that passion come from for you that that you kept pursuing it and didn't say oh well you know it's not worth it or I'll I'll you know find something else to play what what uh, kept the fire going I've always loved the game of hockey. I think it came a little bit from my dad when we were growing up. Um, you know, we, hockey night in Canada, like lots of people, was a ritual. Um, we went to the Bonnie Volponia games regularly. So I just, I loved the game. And then there was a group of women in that early 70s that all loved the game. And, and so I think, like I said, it, it, we didn't feel it was a struggle. We just really, really wanted to play. So going out to Gibbons at 11 o'clock at night to practice seemed like oh well that's just what we have to do that's what we have to do tell, tell me a little bit i mean i know you touched on the, the the radio ad but tell me a little bit about getting the edmonton chemos rolling and then really becoming uh, a, a successful team just what you remember about you know getting it going being part of that other people that contributed because that's a pretty amazing story yeah, it it was. I mean that that you know that radio ad basically brought a, a mishmash of of women together, young girls or whatever, and you sort of got divided into two groups depending what night you wanted to play. And that first year that we basically just practiced, and you know for some people it was learning the game. And the second year, um, our group just grew into becoming the Edmonton Chimos, and. It just continued from there, and it, it really, you know, it, it was just uh, uh, the name itself came from a slogan one of the girls used to say when we socialized after the game, and it was, you know, an Eskimo greeting, and we thought, whoa, what a great name for our team. And so it just continued from there, and then eventually that that team and a couple other teams grew into the Northern Alberta uh, League, and, you know, we just struggled to get along and, and build into more and more teams. Shirley Cameron joining us on Inside Sports, 2019 inductee into the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame. Was it, I mean, I'm just going to ask this bluntly. I hope you'll understand that, you know, how I mean it. But was it hard for the women's game to be taken seriously in that era? Like, did you get the, oh, okay, whatever, or the eye rolls or stuff like that? Did you have to deal with any of that? Oh my! Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I, you know, I started to mention that I played hockey, and you know, and I also had a somewhat non-traditional job. Also, I was working for Canada Post. I was the first woman letter carrier in Edmonton hired. So. I, you know, I was a struggle there too. And then when I told them that I played hockey, of course they, you know, 
gave me a hard time and laughed and whatever. So I never really talked too much about my playing hockey at work until, um, you know, I, they didn't even know when I, they thought I went on holidays in 1990 when I played on Team Canada. They had no idea until they seen it televised. And, you know, when I came back to work, it was like a whole different story. I think they really realized that this was a serious game. These, these women can play hockey. So it took a long time for that, though. All right, so let me ask you this. Where would you like to see the women's game go next? It's come a long way. We've, we've referenced Olympics and world championships. Where do you think it can go next or should go next? Well, I think it's it's a professional league, you know, and I, I think they're starting to go in that direction. And you you have those, you know, we were initially part of that too in, uh, in uh, the western part of that league. And I think that's that's the next step where you get all the best players in the world, and it has you know that they play professionally and they can you know get paid to play. Right. Well, yeah, that would be incredible for sure. Well, Shirley, it's great to have you on Inside Sports again. Congratulations, incredible story, and thanks for sharing your perspective. I hope this isn't the last time we talk, but thank you so much for coming on tonight. Oh, no problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me. That is Shirley Cameron telling you how she got the Edmonton Chimos going, and she's in the Alberta Hockey Hall of Fame, one of the 2019 inductees. Good news for the Oilers. The Minnesota Wild lose 6-2 to the Panthers. Oilers remain seven points out. The Capitals shut out the Devils 3-0. In the third, the Jets up 5-1 on Carolina. WHL Oil Kings leading the Calgary Hitmen 2-0 after the first period. Raptors lead the Pelicans 93-80 after the third. This week, 6.30, Chet MVP when we get back. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chet. Nuge with a career-high 57 points thanks to that goal last night against Vancouver. Hey, the 6.30 Chet MVP is presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. The athletes featured on Global News every Tuesday. You can get the video on the MVP section of 6.30Chet.com. The MVP gets Under Armour Apparel, courtesy Elite Promotional Marketing. You can nominate someone by looking under the local tab on 6.30Chet.com. You can email inside sports at 6.30Chet.com. And this week's MVP, Malik Pottinger. Malik, you're on with Reed, how are you doing? I'm great. How you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to have you on the show. Congratulations on being the MVP this week. Uh, tell us about your basketball season at Jasper Place High. I understand it went pretty well. Yeah, the regular season went really well. We uh, finished first place seeding. Uh, we're number one in the province right now, uh, so we're looking pretty good going into provincials starting next week. What happened in the city final? Man, we just we just executed coach's game plan. We went out there and played our played our game, played fast, played smart, and together as a team. And coach led us to pretty good victory. Yeah, you won by forty eight points. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Well, that's got to be a little unexpected to win a game uh, that big. What's going on with provincials? Are they next weekend? You said uh, next week. Yeah, they start Thursday. Uh, we're actually hosting this year, so teams from all over the province will be at our school. And sorry, uh, are you are you seated number one? Seated number one, yes. What position do you play? I play point guard. And what grade are you in? I'm in the 12th grade. And when did you start playing basketball, Malik? I started playing basketball in the 8th grade. I used to be a soccer player, actually. Uh, But then my dad kind of, you know, he showed me the the ropes and transitioned to basketball. 
Okay, well, so how, how come you didn't pick up basketball till you were a little bit older? Like, were you just not interested, or what's the, what's the deal? I just had a crazy passion for, for soccer. Um, I started from a young age. My parents put me in a little house league. Uh, I, just, I just loved getting up and down the field in the sun and just enjoying the outdoors. Okay. Until, All right. But, now, as, as a guard, are you uh, more of a distributor? Do you like to slash and drive? Do you shoot from outside? Tell me about your game. I do a little bit of everything. Uh, whatever the team needs me to do in that point in time, I try to get that done and try to secure the win each time. But uh, I, think I'm, I think I do a little bit of everything. Pass, shoot it, uh, can handle the ball. Try to have a well-rounded game. All right. Now, you got a last name I'm familiar with. Uh, are you related to Clay Pottinger? Yeah, that's my uncle. Yeah. Uh, He's he was uh, when I was going to the U of A. He won a national championship with the Bears basketball team. Yeah, yeah. Does he ever remind you of that? Uh, <laughs> we don't really we don't really talk about it, but I know he, I know he's kind of he kind of like a legend around around town. But I just try to you know live up to his uh, his legacy. Hopefully, I can pass him one day. <laughs> uh, do you have plans to play anywhere next year yet? Uh yeah, I do plan on playing post secondary. Not sure where yet. Uh, but definitely, definitely going to play post-secondary. Who, uh, who's somebody in the NBA that you admire or try to model your game after? Uh, Dwayne Wade, number three. The reason why we're number three. He's uh, always been my favorite player from when I started watching the NBA when I was, you know, six or seven years old. He's always been a guy I could look up to. And do you uh, have he's a not fa- that much taller than me, so right. I'm to play <laughs> like him. And yeah. do you have a favorite soccer player? Uh, Gareth Bale. Um, I think just around Madrid now. He was a lefty. I was a lefty back in the day, so I always looked up to him. Okay, when you guys rolled into this season at Jasper Place, did you did you expect this was going to be a good year? Because sometimes with high school sports, you might have a lot of grade twelves, or you got some guys really peaking in their careers. Did you did you expect to have a good season? Oh yeah, for sure. I came I came in and you know I saw we had a lot of good pieces, and for me it was just. Can I be that leader to put them all together? Because we have a lot of good guys, but it was more so us meshing and playing with one another and, you know, just sticking to what coach is telling us. And once we did that, the sky's the limit. Right? We, could, we could beat any team, I think. So for you as an athlete to show leadership, how do you try to do that? I like to talk to my guys, make sure they know, you know, when they're messing up, it's next play mentality. Um I try to lead by example also on the court. Um, I mean, I'm always a guy to let the guys involved, uh, play the units, always making sure that we're, we're staying on task and, and practice and focusing, listening to what Coach is saying. Just trying to be the, the example for everybody else, essentially. All right, good stuff. Well, like you said, good season so far. So Provincials are at Jasper Place uh, next weekend already. Start Yeah, starting Thursday next week, yeah. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that. Malik, congratulations on being this week's 6.30 Chet MVP. Good luck at Provincials. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That is Malik Pottinger checking in, the 6.30 Chet MVP presented by Elite Promotional Marketing. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on the 4A Basketball Provincials for sure. Are we winding her down, Kellen? Time to go. Another week in the books. There's a voice. Amazing. All right, so Oilers, Maple Leafs, 3.30 face-off show tomorrow. 
Game at five. The Panthers have beaten the Wild 6-2. So it's seven points out for the Oilers as they go into game two of this four-game homestand. Dave Campbell is the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy in the studio tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks to everybody who called and texted. Always fun to bring you the show. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you from the rink tomorrow. So if you want to join me for a while, just grab your hat and we'll travel like that's home style. Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.